Welcome back, ladies and germs. This is Rob, your host, the Diabetics Doing Things podcast. We're continuing our founder series. Today's founder is John Jensen. He's the founder of Type Zero Health. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at age 13. And he and I talk about how he had an idea very early on about a health supplement for a pre-workout that didn't have a bunch of junk in it uh, that spiked your blood sugars. And he talks a little bit about the procrastination process that he went through to actually get it done. And he and I bond over that. As many of you know, I am a notorious procrastinator and often wait until the very last minute before the deadline to fully flesh out whatever idea or execution or whatever it is that I'm working on. So anyway, we bonded over that. John reached out to me last summer to have me try type zero. I was a little bit skeptical at first. I cannot lie because I've tried a lot of healthy pre-workouts. And we also talk about that journey for me on the pod. But type zero works. It actually tastes really good as well. And I use it to this day. I'll use it tonight when I work out. And I say tonight because it doesn't have caffeine in it. So I can take it late at night, get a good workout and still get a nice even night's sleep. If you want to save 20%, you can use 20 Rob Howe at checkout on Amazon. Uh, you can get that Prime delivered anywhere in the country in like two days. It really works great. So that's 20 Rob Howe. That's me. And I hope you guys enjoyed this amazing interview and a really insightful part of what it's like to develop a company as a side hustle with my friend, John Jensen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for continuing to listen to Diabetics Doing Things. We've been doing this for four years now, thanks to listeners like you and the support of amazing sponsors like Real Good Foods. If you're involved in the diabetes online community, then you have for sure heard of Real Good Foods and their low-carb pizza and enchiladas, which are delicious. But they've really outdone themselves this time with their new breakfast sandwiches. It's just like your typical breakfast sandwich, sausage, egg, and cheese, or bacon, egg, and cheese, except the biscuit is made out of cauliflower and the whole sandwich has only two net carbs. That's two net carbs. And if you pop it in the microwave, it's ready in seconds. I'm not a big breakfast guy because I don't like having to deal with big blood sugar spikes for a high-carb breakfast. But when I'm really craving a breakfast sandwich, I grab a real good food sandwich out of the freezer and hit the road without having to worry about a big spike in my blood sugar. Check out realgoodfoods.com to find them in a store near you or use code ROBHOWE, that's me, to get a discount when you order the sandwiches online. I'm a big fan of brands who continue to support creators with diabetes, and there has been no bigger supporter of me and my friends in the diabetes community than Real Good Foods. If you haven't checked them out yet, give them a shot and let me know what you think. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all across the world. My very special guest today calling me from a place that I believe has better weather than we are having today here in Dallas, uh, John Jensen calling from Hawaii. How are you, John? Doing great. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks so much for joining. And this is part of our Founders series. So we're going to talk a little bit about your journey with diabetes, uh, as well as your company, Type Zero Health. Uh, and I'm really excited because I use the product. And obviously, you and I have chatted over the last couple of months and gotten to know each other. Uh, so I'm really excited to dig in and share your story with the community. Okay, awesome. I'm glad to be here and share it as well. So let's get started. Where and when, like walk us through your, your diagnosis story. How did you come to join this uh, type 1 diabetes family? Um, let's see, I was 13 years old and I guess the whole story in a very short time. Um, growing up, I was a chubby, fat little kid who was usually always overweight. And then uh, just within a couple months, I dropped 
weight like pretty severely. And there was one, I remember it was a Sunday morning. Uh, I felt really flu-like symptoms and I, I started getting to the point where I felt like my chest was almost caving in to where I couldn't breathe. So my dad basically pinned me down and just called me and then they took me to the ER. And in the ER they took a urine sample and they saw that I had too many ketones and everything and they told me right there that I was most likely a type 1 diabetic and then I spent I think three or four days in the hospital and ever since then I you know that's where I became diabetic and and you obviously live in Hawaii now were you diagnosed uh, in Hawaii as well oh, is that where you're yeah, from yeah sorry no I, I actually grew up in Utah I grew up okay in great small town in Utah. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you're diagnosed, like for me, my experience was big hospital, big city, awesome mm-hmm. experience for you kind of in the small town, Utah, a little bit less mm-hmm. population. How did, how did your diagnosis experience go? Did you feel confident that you were going to walk out of there and know what to do and how your life was going to go? Or was there a little bit of fear, stigma, et cetera? Yeah, there was for sure fear looking back. Um, being a 13-year-old kid. I remember in the hospital, I, I actually asked my mom if I was going to make it out of there. And uh, my doctor, he, luckily my doctor, my pediatrician, he was a diabetic. So he actually was able to help me a ton. Um, he was a pediatrician. I actually saw him up until I was like 25 or so um, because he was such a good doctor. But he made all the world a difference because he just made it seem like I could get through it and I could live a normal, healthy life. And by the time I got out of there, I remember uh, going back to school and you know, I was a lot skinnier. Actually, kids were almost cooler to me in a way because I was really skinny. Um, and going back to play like basketball and everything, I remember a few times playing basketball right out of the hospital. I just couldn't do it because I had severe low blood sugars and just starting out it was all my responsibility probably the best thing my parents did is they were super supportive they began to you know cook healthy items of food but my my dad sat me down one time and he told me that hey john and says this is your responsibility you got to own it and take care of it and so i went through some hard times with it where i had a blood sugars go up and down but my parents honestly if they knew how to like give me whatever my insulin dosages were I don't know if they'd even know how to do it um, because I was so independent I don't I don't necessarily suggest that towards diabetic parents today but my parents just put it the ball in my court and they made me take care of it and it made the world a difference yeah, I think, I think it's a balance, right? Especially at 13, it's such a tough age, you know, for many people with diabetes, they look back at that time as, you know, you're pushing back against everything your parents tell you anyway, and you're just yep. kind of in an emotional tough time, you know, hormonally, and you're changing, and, you know, school is tough because, you know, being different is very hard, and kids can be, like, super uh, ruthless. So yeah, for sure. 
you know, for you, you, know, you mentioned looking back, you're not sure if you recommend that type of independence always, but for you, did that independence kind of spill over into other areas of your life? Or you, uh, do you feel like, you know, making those decisions and uh, your parents kind of giving you that autonomy, you know, influenced you and set you up for success maybe later on? Yeah, for sure. Looking back, I mean, uh, it helped me a lot within my career wise and everything. I think the, the hardest time that, or one of the hardest times as a diabetic is um, when I had my true independence, and that's when, so when I turned 19, I moved out of my parents' home, and that's the time when I feel like you start to kind of eat whatever you want and do whatever you want. So I actually served a, a mission for the church um, that I belonged to, and so I was out on my own. I lived states away from my parents. I was in Northern California. And I would eat different foods because I thought I was could do whatever I want. I could drink, you know, the soda that I wanted to or whatever. And so my body would experience highs and lows. And right before I lived in Northern California, I switched to uh, an insulin pump. And it was probably a really bad idea because I wasn't coached enough on how to use an insulin pump. So I don't use an insulin pump today, but I used one for about five to six years. I think they serve a good purpose, but for me, um, I just don't think an insulin pump works for my lifestyle. But I had a super low blood sugar. Uh, I went to the hospital and, uh, you know, in an ambulance, scared to death. My parents weren't there. And that was the time where I just, kind of shook everything and I said hey I have to take serious um, responsibility of my health and so when I got out of the hospital it's a world of difference I was able to balance my blood sugar I changed my diet um, you know and that was probably 10 to 12 years ago now but from that day since I had such a bad experience my A1C has probably been about 6.0 either a little bit less or maybe a 6.2 ever since uh, that day. So do you look at that date as kind of your, I don't know, wake up call with diabetes or, you know, when you sort of took your, your care into your own hands? Yeah, for sure. That was the whole turning point in my diabetic health career. And do you remember, you mentioned a couple of things already, but do you remember like getting home from the hospital, like when you started to build your plan or you started to make those changes, what were the changes that you made that, that you feel like made a huge impact and kind of set you up for the next 10, 12 years? Uh, just learning more. Well, I guess the one thing that helped too was when I was out there, um, I met a person who was in a wheelchair, he had two missing limbs, and I just asked him, like, what's wrong, what happened? And he told me that he was diabetic. And it probably sounds crazy, but I had no idea that being a diabetic could do those certain things to you. I knew it could cause other health problems, but I, didn't, I never knew you could lose limbs, go blind, anything like that. I was pretty naive. I was always healthy, but I was pretty naive about what the long-term lasting effects could do. So when I saw that guy and that happened to me shortly after, uh, that's when I woke up. And I mean, still today, I usually eat really low carb or try to, and I 
you know, my meals, and I just, I'm always on top of taking the measurement of my blood sugar. And so, you know, talking about, like, those two events, like meeting the guy who, you know, you didn't really know about diabetes complications, the scare you had with the bad hypoglycemic incident, you know, you're kind of reframing your life. Do you remember, like, moments where you were, like, anything specific stand out to you like oh i'm gonna do this differently or oh i do this now or this is how i think about xyz um i just started to think about food differently and just where it's made how natural it is i stopped eating you know a lot of artificial things at that time you know i try to eat i don't i don't eat everything organic but i try to eat stuff more natural as I possibly can and just low carb for the most part. And, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, you're, you're making these changes. You are, you know, on the go, you're learning about your diabetes. Obviously you're controlling everything. You're feeling good. Let's, let's shift over in a little bit into your, you know, business or entrepreneurial spirit. At, at what point did you say, hey, I've got something um, or I've you know, figured something out and I've, I've been able to make this a part of my life and I've been able to have you know, decent control. How can I you know, use what I've learned from my diabetes and turn that into an idea? Give me the, what was the, uh, wh- what's the sexy entrepreneurial story about type okay. zero? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I started a company called Type Zero and we make a product geared towards more more towards diabetics um, it's a natural pre-workout and then we have a, a natural branch chain amino acid drink coming out probably about six weeks now but the whole idea came to me when I was in college I was starting to get really into fitness and I would go to the gym and I think every college guy goes to the gym to try to look good for girls and whatnot you gotta go curls so, for the girls right exactly um, but I would take all the, the stuff like C4 and, you know, kind of what was ever out at that time. And for me, I would take it and I would notice that it would elevate my blood sugar. And then I would crash usually after the gym. And then I'd have to eat more food. And if I was trying to lean out and cut weight, it I just got really upset because I would work out really hard. And then I'd have a low blood sugar at the end of my session. So then I'd have to eat whatever food was out there on hand. And so for me to try to get lean to cut, it was just a, such an aggravating experience where I just thought to myself, there's got to be something out there that doesn't spike your blood sugar, that you can still get a good workout and, uh, you know, get lean and fit. And I think, you know, you could take me out of this conversation, have that conversation with any uh, any diabetes bro who was in the gym or diabetes bro lady who was in the gym trying to, you know, <laughs> get a caffeine boost or, you know, boost some performance. Yeah. I remember, you know, preparing for this conversation I was kind of going back through my, uh, memory archives of all the pre-workouts I've tried. You mentioned C4. I remember black powder came out or like NO explode, all these like, uh, you know, crazy brands of, you know, the, the original pre-workout type of, uh, I guess stimulants is the wrong word, but like performance supplements. And, I remember having the same ideas. Like I'd look and they'd, they'd say there were no sugar, there was no sugar in the ingredients, but 
I would just always see like a huge spike uh, and then followed by a huge crash. So um, how did you start that journey of, of developing this product? Yeah, uh, I mean, I had the same experiences that you had. So that was in college. And then when I graduated college, I moved to uh, Southern California. And I, again, I was at the gym. I was just like, you know what? There's got to be something I can do because uh, nobody I knew was really making a product like that. So I wanted to make a clean, all-natural pre-workout and gear it towards diabetics. So I would go back home to where my parents lived in Utah, and I started to meet with uh, manufacturers who you know, make products. And so this was probably like five years ago or so, and I'd meet with them, and I kind of came up with a good idea to do it in a formula. And uh, create the. I think the coolest part about this this whole thing, because I'd always have these like strong impressions that I need to go and build this product. And my wife, uh, that's how we met. So she worked at the front desk of a company called Bowling Naturals. And I was working with them to develop my product. And long story short, that's how me and my wife met. We're married. We we married for about three years. We have a five-month-old son. We live in Hawaii, and life's been awesome. And then when we got married, we moved to Hawaii, and I still kept getting these impressions that John, you have to go make this company. What do you want to do? And then went back to Utah, met with someone different that makes a little bit more specialized products, and those guys helped me launch launch Type Zero, and it's been on Amazon for, I think, I'm pretty sure it's a year this month that we've been on Amazon and our sales have been really well. We sell, you know, quite a bit of units each month and it's been such a cool experience. The The main job that I do now is I run an entire sales team for a big solar company here in Hawaii and I love that job and it provides me freedom and good financial stability, but there's nothing better than getting an email from someone that's taken type zero and they said it's either changed their life, they love the product. Um, so to me, it's been so gratifying just to hear feedback from people that have had good experiences. And that's why we're, you know, expanding into more products today. That's super cool. You know, like, especially you, you solved the problem for you. You had the hypothesis, right? Like, if this is a problem for me, I'm sure it's a problem for someone else out there with diabetes. Because, uh, and I can, you know, obviously we talked about my experiences with other pre-workouts. I remember when you first sent it to me, I wasn't skeptical necessarily, but I was excited to test it out. So I remember, yeah. like, taking a picture of my pump and my CGM graph before going and working out, taking a picture, like, during and then after. And in a pretty normal workout, like pretty, you know, my, my typical kind of circuit. And it, it, sure enough, I had, I had energy and I had like the pump and like the readiness to go work out, but I didn't have the, the spike that I was sort of used to. And like, just assumed that I was going to have to continue to deal with, uh, alongside that. Um, and you mentioned, you know, you're, you're seeing, you know, good sales and you're hearing good stories. Uh, are, you know, is it primarily people with diabetes who are reaching out to you and, and are asking these questions or giving you these reviews is, um, or, you know, are other people who are just looking for a clean supplement also, you know, finding type zero? Yeah. I mean, when we started, I just wanted to gear it 
just specifically towards diabetics because that's you know who I connect with the most that's what I'm most passionate about but at the end of the day um, there's I think the majority of the people that are buying the product are just kind of people who are sick of all these other I mean there's plenty of good companies don't get me wrong but there's just a lot of products that have too many fake fillers too many stimulants um, so a lot of people are just taking it uh, that I've met personally are either moms just looking for something they can take um, without too much caffeine or too much of a crash there's a lot of cyclists who take it I'm talking to boxers um, there's a ton of uh, diabetics obviously and then a lot of people trying to do the keto diet so we've had tons of different people take it it's just generally people looking for something more clean and just more simple ingredients you know it's interesting one of my friends she doesn't have diabetes but she has uh, intestinal colitis so mm -hmm. she has to really be careful what food she eats uh, but she used to be an athlete as well uh, at the college level so she's looking for a pre-workout and she actually takes uh, uses type zero she saw it from a, a link that I shared uh, awesome. and for the same reasons right like there's just, there's no junk there's no surprises because I think you know we can Obviously, you mentioned that there are other good companies out there that make you know quality products, but health supplements, sort of as an industry, have a little bit of a stigma attached to them as you know just filling it with junk and filler and things that are not natural or you know wouldn't be considered clean. Um, can you give a little bit of context for somebody who's never really like looked at those labels, like what what those things might be? Uh, what what, what, what was the... potentially causing? Uh, sorry to, to to talk over you. Okay. Uh, what, what, what's causing those high blood sugar spikes? Like, I think it's beneficial for people with diabetes. We get to measure what the things that go into our body, what they do to us. But for somebody who's not necessarily showing those things, like what, what are those things in there that are causing those, you know, spikes in blood sugar? Yeah. So just over the, the past few years, I've learned that each diabetic responds differently. So sometimes diabetics, if they have too much caffeine, obviously that's going to spike your blood sugar. My body, I'm pretty caffeine tolerant, so it doesn't do much to my body um, as it blood sugar spikes, but it used to. Um, there's other ingredients, like if you take artificial sweeteners and other products just too many, then your body is going to become less insulin um, resistant. So if you're eating all the, the fake sugary foods, um, as diabetics, your body's not going to be able to accept your insulin as good as it would if you want a cleaner diet. So the whole idea with type 0 is I thought, well, we go throughout our whole day as diabetics and we're trying to eat clean, but when we're on the go, we're at a gas station, so most likely we're not going to get something clean. Um, so let's still take those if we need to, but we might as well take something clean, like type 0, while we go to the gym because it's there on hand at the bottom with us. So I'm not fully against all these fake artificial sweeteners and stuff. I try not to use them as much as I can, but why just add another product that's fake and artificial to our diet when you could just avoid it? So that's where the, that's why we had type zero. Yeah, and I think you know there's never a better time, right? This is the time where you know people are being more conscious of. Uh, you know, what goes into their body and where things are made and what they, where they come from. 
were you the guinea pig for Type Zero? Type Zero? Were you like they were? You were developing the products, you know, with the company with the partner that you mentioned, and you now are, uh, you know, you're you're sitting there and you're like, okay, now I got to test this product. Do you have any anxiety or worries going into that process? Uh, not really, um, but I was for sure the guinea pig. I just wasn't too worried about it because I was taking other pre workouts as well that had artificial stuff. So I'm like. You know, this isn't going to be anything. And type zero is just such a, I mean, it's a mild pre-workout too. So it's not, it's never been scary to me or anything, but there, there are some people that do take it. And if, you know, if you're, if you don't accept your, if your body doesn't accept niacin very well, then you could have a, you know, some, what of a niacin rush. And what that is, is if you, take it and you don't go to the gym, most likely your body's going to feel kind of like red and itchy. So the only time you really should take it, you know, if you take it a few times is take it and then work out right after. Cause I've gotten emails from people like, Hey, I took this and you know, I felt itchy or whatnot, you know, but if you go to the gym right after, you shouldn't ever experience that whatsoever. Yeah, and in some cases, I think somebody like me who's very familiar with the sort of side effects of, uh, you know, feeling that pump of a pre-workout, that to me is like a signal that it's like working. So it's like, okay, hey, maybe I'm not feeling stronger or like more energetic yet, but I feel that sort of that flush, maybe like a little bit of redness or like a little bit of itchy. It's like, okay, now I'm able to like, now I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah. Uh, and when when you're testing out like in these preliminary stages, did you have this moment where it's like kind of a light bulb on? You mentioned that it's not a quote unquote uh, serious or like extra crazy mass gainer, you know, multi- mega caffeine blast overload type pre workout. But as you were testing it, did you like when did you realize like when the light bulb come on and be like, we've got it. This is the formula. Uh, I mean, it took forever. So I, I worked with maybe five to eight different manufacturers all across the United States. Um, I spent a lot of money. I hired, I even hired a guy um, to kind of help me develop it. And just the ingredients that I wanted, like beetroot powder, for example, it's not the best tasting thing in the world if you've just taken beetroot powder before. And then... The reason why most pre-workouts taste so good is because you use sucralose. If you use sucralose with anything, it can taste. It can make anything taste good. But we use natural stevia. So just the all of our ingredients together, and then trying to throw stevia on top of that without sucralose, kind of. I went through so many different taste testings and everything in the world. Most of them just were gross, and they didn't taste good at all. And by some miracle i met with a, a manufacturer who, who's been making my product ever since and i mean they're geniuses of their their flavoring with stevia and well for a long, go ahead well and i want to talk a little bit about that for a second because my own journey with pre-workout who knew that that would be a thing that i would say my this is my pre-workout journey so over the years like I started with the hardcore stuff when I was a serious athlete and, you know, really trying to stay in tip top shape and be a 1% type athlete where I was, you know, in the, trying to be in the best shape, trying to be strong, trying to be able to jump over a car and all that crazy college <laughs> stuff. So, 
uh, I, I went to the serious route. But then about 2014, end of 2014, I started really changing my diet and being a lot more aware of what I was putting in my body. And I wanted my pre-workout to follow that trend. Uh, and as you were talking about taste, I just remembered like I was on Amazon trying to order these like all organic or no sugar added, all natural sports pre-workout type powders that you know, put in your shaker cup and you shake up. And man, I tried some terrible ones. They just tasted like, you know, ground up grass or like overly bland tea. And then you like suffer through this drink while you're drinking it. And it wouldn't even really like blip on the radar of caffeine, like way less than a cup of coffee. So I definitely understand like the frustration of just like trying to do something that's clean and, you know, uh, you know, doesn't affect your blood sugar or using natural ingredients or ingredients, you know, staying away from sucralose or, you know, developing your own proprietary blend of, uh, of flavors because man, there are a lot of really bad pre-workouts that are, you know, all natural. Uh, but then also you mentioned the beet, uh, the beet extract or the beet powder, like that's a, there's a, an entire beet segment of pre-workouts. <laughs> and oh, so yeah. it's like now, like over the years, like there's been so many different ones. And when you sent me type zero to try, I was like, okay, well, this is probably in the same vein, but it really does taste like a good pre-workout, uh, like a, you know, a top notch, top brand, non-diabetic friendly, like whatever pre-workout, but it gives you all the benefits of one that's very clean. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. And That's like, good. you know, uh, I'm not just saying that to say that I really do use it. I use it up quick. And uh, even my fiance uses it occasionally when she's out of her crazy pre-workout. Uh, <laughs> she says that it's not, uh, it doesn't give her enough caffeine. So she likes one with like a huge caffeine rush, but she doesn't have diabetes. So she doesn't have to worry about yeah. the, uh, the blood yeah. sugar spikes. No, I feel it. Uh, and I feel her way too. Cause I, I had a, I mean, my son's five months old and I usually never took caffeine, but when you have a baby, you pretty much have to live on caffeine, at least me, because I don't get sleep like I used to as much. So I understand where she's coming from. Yeah. And uh, I remember early on when we were talking, I guess it was probably last September, you were like, hey, I probably won't be emailing you back uh, because my wife's about to have a baby. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, the totally understandable. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, well, uh, a congratulations, by the way, I didn't say that earlier to you and your wife, uh, on your, on your growing family. And I'm glad you have a pre-workout that allows you, even if you're not headed to the gym to maybe get a little bit of a, a jump starting the day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And right on cue, it looks like, uh, you guys is, uh, you guys' baby is trying to be podcast famous. Yeah, can you hear that? Sorry about that. Yeah, no, 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 not to worry. This is a real podcast. We don't do a ton of like, uh, we don't try to hide anything. This is this is real life. So uh, yeah, and I think like, you know, from the entrepreneur perspective, this is a great um, a great segue into like when you're starting your own business or you're running your own side business. You talked about you know having to spend a lot of money on uh, you know different flavor combinations and working with different partners and manufacturers. what was the, you know, what kept you going through all of that? Obviously, like there were, it didn't all just happen and come together in one day. Um, you know, how did you stay motivated throughout that process? Um, I mean, throughout all of Type Zero, I, I always wish I would have started it sooner because I had the idea years and years ago, but I just didn't do anything. So I was just, and it kind of what it just came down to, I was just too scared to, to try it. Um, 
you know, either putting myself out there or creating a product and then people didn't like it. But I guess what kept me going is I just kept having those intuition thoughts like, hey, you have to do this. And there was just so many signs that came into my life that I had to try it. And now that I've tried it and it's been up and running for a year, it's been awesome. And so um, if anybody's wanting to go out and pursue something entrepreneurial, um, I think the, the regret you might have at the end of the day is if you didn't try what you have been feeling that you should go out and try. And now that I've done it, um, I feel like I can do a lot more. We're you know, expanding more products now to where if you would ask me if I would have had a couple products with you know, my own supplement company probably like five years ago, I probably would have thought you were kind of crazy. But it's been such a great experience and to try to help the diabetic community especially. And you talked a little bit about fear. Um, I think fear innately in any sort of creative exploit or, you know, fear takes manifests itself in a lot of different ways. Um, I think of something my dad told me when I was a kid playing basketball. I had a game where I had like a lot of turnovers or something. Uh, and he told me something that I really never forgot. And I think I later learned he stole from Warren Buffett. But it was basically the idea of uh, errors of commission versus errors of omission. Um, and how he his explanation at the time, he's like, I can live with you making errors by trying something. He's like, what I can't live with is you overthinking something and making errors because you're not doing something. And, you know, even in this podcast, for example, uh, or my agency, an exercise that I started going through, and I we were talking about Tim Ferriss earlier that I totally stole from him, was asking myself, like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, and often, I think in our minds, we, we build up, you know, this, this immense fear. It seems like it's a big deal. And then when we really distill it down, you know, what's, what really is at stake, right? Is it, is it in our head or is it actually real? Um, and so, yeah, what you're talking about here is exactly that. Like, you know, why, why not you? Why not, why not John Jensen starting type zero? You know, somebody's got to do it. Might as well be you. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with everything you just said. Good. I love it. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned a, a BCAA product um, that you guys are working on. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that and kind of like what, what you're excited about for year two of Type Zero. Yeah. So uh, the product is, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard or at least taken a BCAA. And we just try to develop Type Zero to be more of a all-natural type company. I, when someone asks me, what is it? I'm like, well, it's a product that you probably see in like a Whole Foods or a natural um, organic store in one of their supplement sections. And so we're making an all natural BCA. And I mean, how that would help a diabetic is anytime you're more hydrated as a diabetic, I feel like, you know, you're going to be healthier. It could help with blood sugar stabilization. Um, just to stay more hydrated is always in a diabetic's best interest because I know that when I'm not, like right now, you guys probably hear my voice is a little bit raspy. I came down with a cold just a couple days ago, so I apologize that I sound like a kind of froggy voice. But <laughs> um, but yeah, anything that can help with hydration as a diabetic is always going to be beneficial. And so we're going to launch, our goal is to launch um, four to five products uh, for 2020. 
Well, I love it, man. And I, I think, you know, we got a little bit of a taste of what goes into, you know, what kind of effort goes into launching those kinds of products. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to uh, seeing what you guys come up with. Obviously, I think the, the biggest thing for me when I see entrepreneurs like yourself who are developing products to that are for people with diabetes uh, is obviously super inspiring. And even when it's just, uh, you know, not not necessarily diabetes focused, but somebody who is a type one diabetic and they're looking to, you know, stretch themselves and, and take on a, a venture. I'm just always super inspired by that. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, continuing to follow the growth of type zero, uh, for people who are interested in trying the product, obviously I'll include a link in the show notes, uh, and along with my, uh, super official discount code. Um, but, uh, where can they go find you guys on social media? Yeah, so uh, on Instagram or Facebook, it's type zero at type zero health, and you can buy our products on type zero health.com or just go to Amazon. So you can get the you know, most of you guys have Prime, so you get the free shipping, and all of our products should be on that platform. And just want to say, likewise, Rob, that it's been really cool to see what you've been doing with uh, just helping the diabetic community in the past couple of years. I think it's really inspiring so just to see you and other uh i didn't really know diabetic influencers was much of a space until you know our product launched and it's been awesome to see all these guys um go out and put their life out there to help other diabetics yeah it's pretty cool we were talking about uh you know just the the space and how it's grown it's super cool to just meet other people with diabetes that was something that i never thought i would say uh but I now have yeah, access to just hearing. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, for years and years and years, it wasn't a part of my life that I was hiding, but I just didn't know where to find other people like me. And I've been super fortunate. I met some of my, uh, favorite people. Uh, so surprising from this community and, uh, you know, every year it seems like it continues to grow and I'm just super grateful to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, uh, I was pretty similar when I grew up. I never went to the diabetic camps because I always thought it would be weird everything. But now that you guys are out there influencing the diabetic world, I feel like it's it's more normal and accepted. So hopefully the youth um, that are diabetic can just grasp it a lot and be, I guess, be more proud of being diabetic than I was growing up. Because I never told anybody I was diabetic until I was probably like, in my early 20s because I wasn't ashamed of it anymore, I guess. Yeah, I think, you know, being young, you it, it's important, I think, to learn, like, who you are. And uh, sometimes I think we talked about a little bit earlier, especially when you're, like, 13, 16 years old, being different is so scary. And everything, mm-hmm. like, you know, feeling like you're not a part of something or you don't have a community or, you know, you don't feel cool is such a, like, life or death thing at that time. Uh so I know a lot of parents listen to this podcast as well. Like if your kid is going through that, that's okay. That's totally normal. Um, just, you know, continue to be patient with them and and know that there are an entire generation of people who are out like you, like me, out in social media now who didn't talk about diabetes for a long time. And we came around. So I think everybody come, comes around in their own time. Uh, and the good news is that now there's a super accessible community waiting on them. Uh, and it's cool. We were talking before, I was like, I almost see a new diabetes account added every day to Instagram. Uh, and that's super cool. And always exciting to discover and meet new people who are sharing their journey with the world. 
Thanks again for listening. Please follow us on Instagram. Check out our sponsor, Real Good Foods. Uh, We're diabetics doing things on all the major platforms, and we also are available on Spotify. So if you prefer Spotify or you're a subscriber, uh, check it out. I definitely have listened to more on Spotify in the recent years. They've got a lot of great podcasts, and it's just super easy to uh, shuffle from music to podcasts and back and forth. Leave us a review if you have a chance, and tell a friend with diabetes about this podcast. That's the best endorsement and the best support that you can provide. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.